This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Good afternoon. My name is Shane Hewitt. Uh, filling in this afternoon, uh, many of you know me as Zach. Shane Hewitt is my, my legal name, and that's what I share with everything that's going on. And I only explain that just for the fact that some of the people that come on the program will say, hey, Zach, and some people will come on the program and they will say, hey, Shane, what's happening? I don't want you to be confused. You can call me whatever the heck you please. I've been called many things uh, through the course of my life, that's for sure. One of the segments that um, I'm excited to talk about today is uh, th- I, we're going to create something here. I think something's going to happen. I want to answer some questions of anything um, that you have, and it's not of me. I'm not the answerer of the questions, that's for sure. Um, It's uh, from an author uh, who joins me here, uh, touring around, talking about her book. And I'm just going to read the very, very top of the book. Don't Label Me should be labeled as genius. It's an amazing book, Chris Rock. And uh, that's the very, very first thing that you read when you look at Don't Label Me. An incredible conversation for divided times, Urshad Manji. If I get the name pronounced right, I've been very, very good, Shane. It, very good. I've been really, not really bad for a white guy. Actually. Not doing good at all with the names today. Uh, if you heard the first couple of hours of the program in Calgary, uh, that's for sure. So 1-800-563-7770 or Calgary Local. That's where the studio we're sitting in now. 403-974-8255. If there's anything that you want to ask um, of Urshad, then um, the invitation is there. That's what we're going to do. Anything. And we're not going to shy away from anything. So let's talk it's about your all background. all on the table. It's all on the table. And um, what, uh, because I think that's, that's one of the things that we need. We just need to listen and we just need to ask questions. Mm-hmm. That's how we change the world. So this book, uh, Incredible Conversation for Divided Times. When you write about divided times, what do you mean by divided times? So I think everybody would agree that we're living in a really interesting historical moment around the world People are divided Mm -hmm. on all kinds of issues. And Canada, despite being a country that tends to be defined by, you know, harmony and multiculturalism and, um, and, and cooperation, our country is, frankly, not immune to the divisions. Um, Everybody knows that uh, the federal election showed how split the country is, right? There's a lot of red across the country, and then there's a big wall Mm. of blue. Mm. And I'm sitting in a province right now that is at the center of that wall. That conversation. That's right. Do you think it's anything different, or has it always been this way, and people are just fed up and talking about it? You know, I'll tell you what. I think think human nature does not change. Um, Yep, we as human beings, we are highly emotional. Highly emotional. Yeah. Um, And we tend to think first with our hearts, not with our minds. So in that sense, nothing has changed. But as we all know, social media is uh, driving a lot of us to be even more judgmental than we were prior to the advent of the Internet. 
Um, I think that uh, a lot of us are getting sick and tired of people labeling us. And when I say us, I mean, look, you know, I've been called. I, I love the joke that you, you, you told just moments ago that, you know, you could call me anything you want. Trust me, I've been called a lot of things. And, you know, some of them have been really bad. I mean, we've all been labeled. Um, but what is happening today is that on the basis of the labels that people are hurling at one another, they won't even engage one another. So, for example, um, you know, I live in New York right now, okay? And I hear my fellow New Yorkers all the time um, carping about so-called Trump supporters. But do they know anybody who has actually voted for Donald Trump? Uh, if they do, they haven't actually spoken with them. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, they don't know anybody. And so the whole label Trump supporter becomes this big amorphous bogeyman that is completely devoid of humanity, you know. And what I'm saying is that um, it's not enough to simply label somebody and then decide on the basis of the label that you have given them that you don't need to talk to them. Actually get to know somebody. Mm -hmm. before you decide that they are evil or insidious or ignorant. Yeah, and then, and then, then decide. Exactly, exactly. Um. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing, Shane. It's amazing how often we are surprised when we decide to actually speak with somebody whom we have uh, assumed is one thing, and then we talk to them and we realize, holy moly, they're actually a lot more nuanced yeah. than I gave them credit for. Well, and I had They're that exact experience. Yeah, exactly. what I thought they were. I was shocked. There was a man named Randy who uh, I spent some time with, and he uh, has a history uh, in a career, and he's taken on a, another job now that is not in his career. And in it, just because that's what life did, it, it took him to a place where he could, you know, just just be. Right. And what a magical place. And what, what a great human is Randy. And then we got talking about politics. He says, well, I don't want to talk about politics. And I said, okay, why? And he said, well, he says, I'm, I'm actually an American. I live in Canada, but I'm an American and I, you know, that's my country. And, and he said, you, my politics might surprise you. I said, don't worry about it. Nothing's going to surprise me. And he, he, I said, I said, well, okay, well, tell me about Trump. And he said, well, he said, I, I see so much similarity between what goes on in Canada and the States now. He says that that's unfortunate. He said, but the reality is, he says, Trump's my guy. He said, I don't see anything that he's doing as being wrong. He says, I don't like him. I don't want to spend time with him. He says, I don't think what he does is right. But when it comes to my country, the things he's doing for my country are great. And I sat and I listened to him. And I said to him, I said, well, what about the divide? Like, what about the behaviors? What about the institutions? And he said, some of the institutions need to change. I don't agree with all the things, but the country is performing better. And it was just a, I don't have to agree with all that. Um, I do with some and I don't with other parts. My opinion right now in that conversation doesn't matter. But it was great to sit and listen. And on the very same day, I met a guy who grew up in Iran. And I don't remember the name of his faith. It was something brand new to me. It was a faith that um, I don't think a lot of people like. And uh, because their faith looks uh, that they are the faith of faiths because they understand all the other faiths. And I wish I could remember it. Um, but the way he tells the story about his faith, you kind of listen to it and go, sort of makes sense. I get it. But then again, here's another dude who's here. He's just here. He's in Canada. And he tells that story. 
but he didn't want to tell that story. So is it up for us to ask the questions to go up to somebody that we don't know? And I said this to my kids. Oh, I'll tell you this first. I had a sick guy come up to me. I was in the airport and he walked up to me and he said, he gets really close, like awkwardly close. And he leans in, he goes, that's a really great beard. <laughs> and I looked and down listeners, at him. I can personally attest Shane does have a great beard. Oh, thank you. I, and I said to him, I, so he was awkward. So I like the awkward. Yeah. So I leaned down. Yeah. He was a short dude and he was a turban wearing, beard wearing. Uh, see, and I leaned down closely and I said, coming from you, a real professional. <laughs> I take that as a compliment. So it can be magical. What are we missing? You know, that question, what are we missing? Funnily enough, Shane, is exactly the question that I am urging readers of my book, Don't Label Me, to be asking people whom they disagree with. In other words, when you get into a conversation with someone you disagree with and you really want to change their mind, the worst thing you can do is try to change their mind Hmm. because you're going to come off being manipulative, being abrasive and aggressive and they're just going to dig in their heels. And you're going to wonder, what the hell am I even in this conversation for? Resistance is persistence. Resistance is persistence. No. The magic of the question you just asked me, Shane, what are we missing, is precisely that question. If you go into a conversation with someone you disagree with saying, you know, I don't agree with you, but that might be because I'm missing something. Help me to understand what I'm missing. Wow. What you have just done is you've told that other person you are worth listening to. I am going to take my precious time and shut up and actually hear what you have to say. You are going to be my teacher. I am going to be your student. When you convey that message to somebody you disagree with, the way our biology works is our emotional defenses come down. And here's the magic. That person, after explaining him or herself to you, and if they see that you truly are listening, hearing what they have to say, doesn't mean agreeing with, but asking more questions, wanting to learn more, their emotional defenses will come down. And guess what? They are going to be more willing to hear where you're coming from. Hmm. One of my favorite philosophers is Bruce Lee. Yes, the martial arts master, but he actually also was a philosopher and he would teach his students to do this when entering into a a sort of a jujitsu moment with your with your so-called opponent he said be like water my friend that means if you're if you see rocks in your midst obstacles in your midst approach them with grace if you tell them you are in my way get out of my way or i'm going to boot you out of my way those rocks are not going to move But what water does is it always approaches its obstacles with grace. It washes over them. It swirls around them. It seeps through them. It accepts that those rocks are part of its landscape, a shared landscape. But water always gets to where it needs to go exactly because it doesn't pound its way through but it flows its way through. And that is something that Bruce Lee taught his own students. Imagine how much that can work for us if we are interested in healing the divides that are rocking, not just our province, 
here in Alberta, but also in many ways our own families, our own churches, um, our well, own workplaces. Yeah, politics in general. Holy cow. Yeah, but it, but it's not just politics. Yeah. That's my point, yeah. right? It's is everywhere. That it's everywhere. All right, we'll get into more of that. Urshad Banji uh, has got a book called Don't Label Me. If you have any questions, you can feel free to ask. We had this conversation before we got on the air that if anything you want to ask, you can. If you don't, you, that's cool too. It's up to you. Just be with us. Um, we're going to come back with more, and I'm going to explain um, the piece that I would like to contribute to this, which is that your brain has one job, and your brain's job is don't die today. The only job it has. And once you can understand that, then I think that this book is going to be uh, really great to look at. We run into that everywhere. And where do you run into it? You run into it with your boss, maybe even your partner, mm-hmm. maybe your kids. I know I run into it with my kids. More of this coming up for you next. Good afternoon. I'm Shane Hewitt. You might know me as Zach. Sitting in on this Friday, and my guest is Urshad Manji with her book, uh, Don't Label Me. Now, in Calgary for uh, this visit, not in Edmonton. Um, but you are Edmonton be- will come uh, probably next spring. Next spring? Yep. I turn around promoting the book and more books too. And this is not, it's not your first rodeo, right. if you will. As the Hillhurst were. United Church in Calgary in Kensington at seven o'clock tonight. You got it. Tonight. Yep. yep. So to talk about the book and, and, uh, and, and share part of it. So how do you get into, you know, writing a book? Because this division that we experience in life today, um, you know, it's, it's really... It's all over the place, but then yet you're writing about it. And I, I think that's one of the neatest things about writers is the perspective that makes you go, hey, I can share this. So what if I'm not alone? So one chapter, reforming a white nationalist. You know, that's a big statement. Safe, safe spaces for all. Lily in the field, blunt talk. Rethinking power and privilege. The elephant in the room. Power out there, power in here. Power is a great topic. We could go for days on power. I would love to have that. But we did come into the break uh, talking about don't die today. It's your brain's only job. Your brain has one job, my friends. That job is don't die today. That's it. If you think about fundamentally, I'm hungry. Oh, don't die. Got to eat, right? I'm thirsty. Oh, got to drink. Don't die. That guy's a jerk. Oh, might hurt me. Don't die. That's fundamentally the only thing your brain does. It also takes... Uh, memories and files them away and we can never find them but they're there and the reason why it files memories is because it says I should probably remember that just in case I need it so I don't die today it really comes back to that place it really does and I'm so glad Shane that you brought this up because there's another short word I want uh, our listeners to know about and that word only three letters long is ego Mm. ego is a function of the brain. When we think about the word ego, right, we think um, arrogance. Um, We think, you know, aggression. Um, But the reality is that anybody who has a brain also has an ego. And the ego's job, as you rightly pointed out, is to protect you. It's to make sure that you don't die today. Great. So the ego is our best friend. However, it's not always our best friend. The ego often plays tricks on us. And so when you're in a situation of mortal danger, your ego will be your best friend. It will instantly tell you, dude, you got to fight or you got to flee. You got to do one of those two things. Otherwise, you'll die. Here's the problem. Most of us, most days of our lives are not 
in a situation of mortal danger. If we're being disagreed with, we are only in a situation of mere discomfort. The problem is that the ego cannot distinguish between mortal danger and mere discomfort. So if you have a strong conviction and somebody in front of you disagrees with it and is saying they disagree with it, it sometimes feels like your very existence is in danger, right? So the ego will whisper to you, fight, fight, fight. Do not lose. And so you'll turn what could easily have been a pretty good discussion into an unnecessary debate where there's only one winner and only one loser, and damn, you are not going to be the loser. Well, and there, okay. there's something to be said in that. In that, um, We have to take a break here quickly. So um, the, there's a difference between winning and not losing. Right, but uh, to be honest, given how little time we have, I think that that's a very, very nuanced distinction. What I'm saying is this, simply. Do not fall for the ego's trick. That when you are being disagreed with, you must at all costs win. Not only can you, quote unquote, win by simply listening, because as we pointed out in the previous segment, when you listen, the other person's emotional defenses come down and there's more space in their heads then to listen to what you have to say. So you actually might wind up coming out of that further ahead than if we were to simply fight back. But also think about this. When you listen, you learn something. You learn something, and that makes you a much better communicator of your own point of view to those who are not yet on board with your point of view. Do you have time to stick around for a couple more minutes? If you'll have me. I will. Okay, that's what we're going to do. We're going to hang on for a couple more minutes. We're going to keep um, Urshad Manji here. Her book is Don't Label Me. And I, what I'd like to do, because uh, we're going to take a little break and we're going to get into the news, but I would like to dig into a specific example about in a conversation, how do we do that? Let's give the tool. And let's get right into that. Because I think this is really great. The book is great. And imagine if we could talk about any of the, we could take any news story that's in the news today and talk about it differently. And you had Zach sitting in for Rob Breckenridge. We are on the uh, Chorus Radio Network in Calgary and in Edmonton uh, today. Thanks for joining us. My guest right now is Urshad Manji. Don't Label Me is the book, an incredible conversation for divided times. We are divided, aren't we? In so many ways, not just politically, but, you know, within our own workplaces and families on the cultural front. Uh, there are people who say we're too politically correct. There are others who say, but it's about equality. And if you're not for my kind of equality, you're clearly anti-equality. Mm-hmm. And the labels uh, that, you know, all kinds of people are throwing onto each other uh, is a way of diminishing uh, each other's humanity. It's a way of saying, Shane. You're a white guy and I'm a woman of color. Therefore, I don't need to listen to what you have to say because you're clearly them. You are not us. Uh, And in this province, there are plenty of good-hearted, open-minded people of faith who nonetheless allow this government to put labels onto um, all kinds of other people. And because of those labels, um, deny them services, Um, or at least try to. And the point that I'm simply making is that each of us, regardless of what our background is, regardless of what our demographics are, we are each so much more complicated, so much more multifaceted than labels would suggest. So even if, you know, you're going to throw a label onto somebody, 
don't let that stop you from actually engaging them and getting to know them because you'll be surprised how different they are than the label that you have for them. You'll also be surprised how much they can teach you. Well, it was a lesson that we've learned recently. And the words that were used, first of all, them in my writing is one of the, um, it is the most dangerous word in the English language. It really is. Them, because them is the, all them and they, they, are, they really are the, the words that separate. And if you look back in rhetoric in, from the past, it is filled with them. Them, them, them. They, they, they. Not me. That's right. And not us. Yeah. And it was you people was the most recent statement. Right? It was Don Cherry's statement about you people. Um, that, that got people lit up about it. And there's a lot of people, I mean, there's both sides of that conversation about, you know, well, he should be able to say what he thinks. Uh, you know, people need to wear poppies and he believes that. That's fine. And the you people was heard by some people one way and it was heard by other people the other way. So how do we get through that though? Not a conversation necessarily specifically about that, but those were the words. Yeah. You yeah. people. So how do we get through that? How do we cut through that when it hits us and we go, oh, that stinks. Yeah. But how do you um, keep listening? Well, you keep listening by remembering that there's a reason that what Don Cherry said resonates with a swath of Canada. And if you are going to sit there and say, gee, I don't like the language of you people. Therefore, I'm going to deem Don Cherry a racist. And here's the corollary. Anybody who agrees with his viewpoint as a racist, I will also label them that. Then guess what? In the name of not liking the phrase, you people, you have just applied the label them mm. to anybody who happens to agree with his point of view. In other words, you become part of the problem, not part of the solution yeah. when you resist them with a them of your own. And it's not even, it doesn't even address the poppy. That's no, the best part, right? That, that's the point. This the- is it. Exactly. See, I think in Canada, we've missed a golden opportunity yet again to have a really interesting conversation about why certain Canadians happen to agree with Don Cherry's statement. Rather than, you know, sort of taking it upon ourselves to decide whether he should keep his job or not, because then we're making it all about Don Cherry, right? No. Why not actually get curious and ask ourselves, huh, how come some Canadians actually do agree with his point of view? Let me find out why. Let me talk to my neighbors. Let me actually hear what they have to say about why he might be right. Yeah. And then as I listen to those who do agree with him, not only will I come to appreciate how human, you know, the people who agree with him are anyway, but also if I disagree with them, and I want them to hear where I'm coming from, I'm going to learn more about their values by listening to them first. And therefore, I'll be able to reframe my own argument in a way that resonates with their values. Well, you know what gets lost in that is that I agree with you 100%. And the part of that specific example is the you people took away from the fact that people may or may not have agreed with him. Right. And they may have actually agreed with this point, but the you people took it away. And there was no conversation anymore. And it's not as big as even going to your neighbors. I mean, it can be as simple as, you know, hey, Uncle Bob. Yeah. I saw what you posted. Right. I'm curious what you think. Exactly. I'm curious to know um, why you think what you think. Mm -hmm. And rest assured, Uncle Bob, I'm not here to debate with you. I'm genuinely interested in understanding where you're coming from. Tell me what I'm missing. That's the part of the book right there. Don't label me. That is the secret sauce. Hmm. to 
having a great conversation and one in which, by the way, your opinion might actually prevail Mm -hmm. is to be curious. And if you're willing to ask your, the person you're disagreeing with, tell me, what am I missing about where you're coming from? Watch the magic happen once you pose that question. Don't label me. An incredible conversation for divided times. Some specific examples for you. Uh, Urshad Manji, thank you. Thank you. Good luck with the book tour. Travel safe. And uh, hope to see everybody listening today at Hillhurst United tonight at 7 p.m. in Calgary. Calgary and Kensington. You got and it. Edmonton coming soon. Yep. Uh, thank you so much. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.